people of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope, and I am ready to go because my guest today is actor, director, writer, Adria Tanner. And not only has she appeared on some of your favorite shows like Monk and Mad Men, that's right, another Mad Men actor, you're welcome. She also appeared in the movie The Artist, which won five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, but that's not all. She has a web series called Fetish, and it is fabulous. And we had breakfast from a mochi spot called Sakuraya. So let's get it. We've got Adria Tanner in the studio today on Breakfast. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark card. <laughs> My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Somebody screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. Yeah. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Hey. Hello. Welcome to breakfast. <laughs> Hello. Where did you grow up, Adria Tenner? I grew up in Michigan until I was 11, uh, a suburb of, of Detroit. Um, then we moved to Ohio for eight months. And then we moved to Maryland, uh, a suburb of D.C. Um, called Gaithersburg. Uh, I think I lived there for, I don't know, a year and a half, and then I, long enough to like it, and then we moved to Columbia, Maryland, um, and I finished high school in Columbia, Maryland, and I loved it, and I loved my high school, and I, I'm still friends with all of my pals from high school. Very cool. So a little time in uh, Michigan and Ohio, and then Maryland. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How does that, um, anything about the places where you kind of grew up uh, inform, like, how you how you developed as a performer? Um, well, my grandmother was a big influence um, on me. Uh, she babysat for us every weekend. She lived cl- close by my father's mother. And uh, she, ha- my grandfather had, he, my grandfather died when I was about four. Um, but he had been a song plugger for Irving Berlin. Um, so if people don't know what that means, before there were records and record players, uh, they would sell the, sh- the sheet music, and the way they would sell the sheet music is there would be these m- men, or usually men, who would travel up and down the circuit to music stores, and they would sit at the piano, and they would play the music, and then people would buy the music. So that's what my, my grandfather did. So my, my, my grandmother loved all of these old, like, George M. Cohen musicals and just, like, that old— uh, Broadway <laughs> show tunes. Yeah. Um, she couldn't carry a song in a bucket, but um, a tune. I guess that's the, the saying. Right. Um, but uh, so she took me when I was young to see Annie at the Fisher Theater in Detroit. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm, I'm bringing this back to Michigan. And just the whole experience of seeing uh, these little girls that I, you know, I was six and, and they were just singing their hearts out. I just... I just, I was like, I want to do that. I wanted to so say my, my mom, I wanted my mom to stop making dinner when we got home and take me to, to audition because I saw that on the five o'clock news. Well, so. that's, I mean, that's really interesting that your grandfather worked with Irving Berlin. Uh, I mean, because he's one of the most famous songwriters in American history, right? He yeah. wrote stuff. And I looked this up, guys. Look, I, she said Irving Berlin. I was like, I know he wrote some famous songs. I better look them up. But he wrote like White Christmas. 
God bless America, putting on the Ritz, love putting on the Ritz. Yeah. And there's no business like show business. So you're talking about like uh, golden era of, you know, uh, Hollywood our, yeah. songs and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. Over a thousand songs that appeared in uh, movies and TV and Broadway shows. Stuff like that. So, yeah. So yeah. the fact that your grandfather was a song plugger for, for him, I mean, that means he was doing some stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he was impressive. Both That's, of them. <laughs> I, I love hearing that, you know, um, that some of it came from, like, your your grandmother taking you to and, – and, and you just, like, really loving it as a kid. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the other thing that my grandmother did with us, uh, my sister and uh, me um, – we would watch Lawrence Welk. I don't know if anybody Oh, I know who Lawrence Welk is, for sure. My grandparents <laughs> loved them some Lawrence Welk. Oh, we oh, loved yeah. it. We loved it. So we'd, we'd watch that, and then we would get, like, her chiffon night, my grandmother's chiffon night nightgowns, yeah. and, like, she had these curly blonde wigs and costume jewelry, and we would dress up and stand on the fireplace hearth, like, that was our stage, and we would reenact <laughs> Lawrence Welk. That's funny. So in in our house, it was like they loved Lawrence Welk. My grandparents did, but on the at the same time, they also loved Hee Haw, which oh, yeah. was you know, which was like so you know for you younger people who don't know what we're talking about, Lawrence Welk was like a, basically like a classic music. They were playing like classical music, like kind of orchestra stuff, and uh, and then on Hee Haw, it was just like a bunch of country skits and people playing banjos and stuff and yeah. country singers, you know. So yeah. as far apart as they could be, but that you know, it's interesting that we had those choices that are so diverse back at you know however long ago was all those music lovers right all their different genres (laughs) you were in the movie the artist with the most famous dog of our time uggy (laughs) uggy he is so cute um the artist i think kind of an unlikely thing to blow up because one it was a silent film black and white black and white a dog is one of the leads yeah no sex no violence right but somehow it was just a good product and people just it was unique for the time for our times you know yeah what was that like working on the artist and specifically you know tell me what's different about working on a silent film as opposed to the the talkies that we do everywhere else um i mean i i think that i tend to get cast a lot in in especially like i've done a lot of commercials and i think it's because I'm good at portraying a story with my reactions, so I, th- I think that's you know, that w- that was helpful for for getting getting that part. Um, so yeah, so I think it's really about telling the story with your reaction to what's happening, um, because you can't say what's like you can't say how you feel about it. So um, I liked it. I I I like that kind of thing. Um, you know, I tell everybody I'm in the artist, but I don't have any lines. But no one does. <laughs> so <laughs> you have the most lines in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more than anyone who who had none. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I was gonna say that the way that I I got the part in the artist is that there was a there's so Heidi Levitt um, is a prolific casting director who I'd always wanted to meet. Um, she was working with a another casting director who I did know, Michael Sanford. Um, shout out to Michael Sanford. Uh, but Heidi had started to, um, well, she developed a, a a smartphone app called Actor Genie. And I I thought, wow, that's really cool. And, and I downloaded it and I wanted to be supportive. I feel like the thing is with her as an actor is we're so dependent and we, we, we feel so needy of all these people to give us what we want work. Um, 
But I, I, I've always tried to think about like, what can I give these people? You know, like, what can I, what are they interested in? What are they, what are, what, what, what can I do? How can I, what can I do for them? So that was what I was thinking, like, oh, this is a really cool app. What can I do? I, I'll write a review um, of, of the app because this is great. It's, it, it catalogs uh, casting directors, you know, which is valuable information for an actor. And the next, like, I've been wanting to meet this woman for Heidi for, for as long as I lived in L.A., um, she cast Natural Born Killers. She cast uh, uh, Parasite. Um, that's sort of wow. you know more recent. But she's, I mean, I can't think of all the things that she's worked on that are just. Well, that's another well, Academy Award winning movie. Yeah, Best Picture. Yeah. So that's two that she has. Yeah. She casts. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so I wrote a review, and the next day it was a Saturday. I got an email from Heidi saying, "Hey, thanks so much for your support of my app." Um, I want you to come and I want to meet you. I'd love to just have a general meeting with you. So here I was like trying to get to meet this woman and I just do something nice for somebody and I, you know, she, I get my wish. So that's how I, you know, I met her. And then just a couple months later, she and Michael were casting the artist. And that's how I got the audition yeah. for that. Um, I think one of your earlier appearances too was on Friends. Yes. How was that? I, d- I just uh, saw that last night. I was like, oh, I need to talk about it. I've never had any, I don't think anyone who's appeared on Friends on this show. So that's interesting. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. What, what was that? What was your, who was your character on Friends? I play a guest at Rachel's baby shower. Um, I bring her a diaper genie and she <laughs> thinks it's um, like where clean diapers are dispensed from and I say no no it's where you put the dirty ones oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like so we're trying to realize how ill prepared Rachel is to be a mother yeah you know another thing I, I realized you're in uh, when I was doing my research I was a huge fan of the video game L.A. Noir, crime video game that took place in 1947 Los Angeles um, it had a very realistic map of Los Angeles. You could drive your car all over Los Angeles, and it was cool because you could say, like, oh, this is where Pantages is right now. What was it in 1947? Oh, and you cool. could kind of go see. But your character, I, I don't remember your character's name, but she had a much older husband, I think, Yeah, that was very mean. Uh, the thing is, I never worked with the guy. I didn't even really know. Like, it was so top secret. Yeah. Um, but go ahead. You tell oh, me what yeah. happens. Oh, so what <laughs> happens is, so there's main there's main missions you go on during the show, and you're like a you're like a uh, beginning police officer, like a rookie, and you're working your way up through the you know becoming a less of a rookie. Um, and every once in a while, you're driving along, you just hear somebody go like help, you know, and you're like, and you could choose to like go help them or just continue to your other crime. And so you're one of these people that's like stumbled upon you and your husband having an altercation, you know. And uh, so, so you guys did motion capture for that. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, oh, that's Adria. I mean, <laughs> it looked exactly like you. It did. Oh, God. Um, I had to wear a ball suit. It's so sexy. How weird is that? I, I've seen people do it, but what is it like wearing it? Does it just feel odd? I mean, it's like wearing a onesie, like a tight onesie with the, that's got these plastic balls sewn on it. So maybe it's kind of like, yeah, wearing a Santa Claus suit. I'm into it. I think that sounds fun. <laughs> now, I don't know for you if you would be into Yeah, but um, very cool. Uh, that was just something that I noticed. And I was like, oh, that was a very popular video game uh, at the time when it came out. And uh, to have you on it is very cool. Yeah, that was a cool thing. I didn't have to audition for that. That, that was a gift from Laura Schiff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Laura Schiff, another big name. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> um, I I enjoyed your appearances on the the show Greek. Oh, thanks. Um, you were one of the professors. I don't remember the professor's name. Clarissa Hahn. Clarissa Hahn. <laughs> 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 it's Hahn. That's right. <laughs> and just this, 
uh, I mean, she wanted so hard to. Uh, this is a character that, that's great for you. Somebody that wants so hard to fit in with the with the kids, right? Yeah. And, but just tries too hard. That's kind of right. Yeah. I mean, and she's always dancing. I always, always got to do crazy weird dances that I had to learn from old movies. <laughs> oh my goodness, I loved it. Um, yeah, that was fun. We talked about Mad Men in the opener, and we have to talk about it right now. You okay. were, you played one of Betty's friends on Mad Men. Uh, very, uh, you know, I remember that character because it was very, you know, Betty thought she had cancer. Yeah, it was your character poignant. did have cancer. Yeah. Um, what was it like preparing for that for that whole for those for that scene? Um, I really wanted to do well. Uh, I, you know, it was a really, I, and I, I know I would just doubt myself. So I worked with Larry Moss, who is yeah. my favorite acting teacher. Very famous. Very, yeah, famous and just so good. Um, so I sent him the sides. He was in New York and we read it over the phone a bunch of times. Um, he's like, I think you got this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I just really worked on it really hard and um, had a point of view about it. It was John Hamm's uh, directing debut on the show. Okay. So John Hamm directed me, which was lovely. <laughs> oh, so uh, just in Brentford's history, you know, uh, just last week we had on Troy Ruptash, oh, who yeah. was the real Don Draper on Mad Men. So. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know Troy. Do you really? Yeah, totally. Oh, cool. Yeah. He was the real Don Draper. I uh, just... And then also on, uh, we talked about this on the show, but on Marin, he played Mark Marin's brother. So he got to play some cool. Uh, That's very cool. Yeah. I was telling him also last time that my first uh, uh, short film that I did that that had like a, a cool director that was kind of up and coming, uh, Melinda Hamilton, who was uh, the real Don Draper's real life, right. was my co-star in this the, in the first thing that I ever did in Los Angeles. So, That's so I feel like I'm just inundated with Mad Men right now. So. Uh, so working with January Jones, that's really cool. I mean, yeah. how was how was that experience? She was very cool. <laughs> she said, she said, oh God. They, 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 I was a little confused about what they wanted. Um, and I, you know, I'd worked with Larry on it and I thought I had, I thought I had like a real clear point of view about it. I, she just said, you can't listen to the notes. <laughs> she's, she's like, oh my God, I hope I'm not outing her. She's like... She was just really cool. Look, she was about Sharon to have a baby. Sharon Jones is untouchable at this point. <laughs> and she's so pretty. She is. She's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and that was at the point where she, in real life, was was pregnant. Correct. She was going the next day after we finished to have her baby. Oh wow! Now, did she have? Uh, did she have any prosthetics or anything on? Or yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess you know the the writer strike was going on, and they they had written this season, and they. You know, they weren't sure if she was still going to be pregnant. I mean, it turned out that she then wasn't pregnant for most of the the season. Now, I might be getting this wrong. I'm not totally sure. This is what I surmised. But, uh, yeah, so, like, she was pregnant, and they built that into the story that she, um, you know, got fat from having thyroid cancer or a, per, per, or perhaps that's what, what it was. They couldn't explain, you know, why her— they couldn't figure out why her weight had shot up like that. And, um, yeah. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, very cool. Congrats on that. Uh, it's memorable character on the show, you know? So, uh, and also it's, you know, just like one of the most popular shows in recent history. It's like, I feel so grateful. I didn't, you know, I, I got the part before the show aired, so I didn't know what it was, you know, we, no one knew what it was. Um, 
And then the character recurred a couple more times. And of course, by the time I came on to do that big guest star, um, it was huge. And it was one of my favorite shows. So it just, it's so cool to, you know, get get that to be to be on something that you just respect and and you know if 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 someone asked me what show do you want to be on I'd say I'd like to be on Mad Men and I yeah. I was so that was cool awesome before we go any further we had breakfast from Sakuraya in Gardena and it's a beautiful little store what they make there is called mochi if you don't know what mochi is it's like a japanese rice cake made of uh what they call mochi gom uh, it's a short grain Glutinous rice, and uh, sometimes they also have like water, sugar, and cornstarch. But basically, they take that rice and they pound it into a uh, paste, and it's molded into the desired shape. And it's very like it's kind of like marshmallowy, right? But a little yeah. Well, and then a lot of the fillings are made of some kind of bean, like, yeah, like red li- bean, yeah, or red lima and bean. white lima beans. I, yeah, is that what they said it was? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. kind of weird and interesting, like. A pleasing texture. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like marshmallow, but a little more Denser. stretchy than mar- yeah, a little more dense than marshmallow. And maybe a little like chalkier, gritty, yeah, grittier, yeah. or something. A little grittier. Um, and they make it in a ceremony called mochi tsuki. <clears throat> oh, is that so right? They call it, yeah, I, I was reading all this stuff about all it. Right. Um, getting into it, I was also reading. You know, mochi is even though it's a delightful little treat, you have to be careful when you're eating mochi. There's a, people die from eating mochi every year. Not because the mochi is anything wrong with the mochi. They don't – they take too big of bites and it gets stuck in their throat. Oh. So they, they say that like if you have kids eating mochi, you got to be really careful and cut it into little pieces for oh. them. Or if you have to really chew it. They say it's really bad for little uh, young people and very old people oh. that can't chew very well. Oh. So be careful eating the mochi, yeah, guys. Be careful. It's delicious, but be careful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we had like uh, several – we went and got – look, you're, when you see these pictures, you're going to be like, this is some beautiful food. Yeah. Um. We had, let's just talk about this. We had the pink mochi, which was like, had the smooth white bean inside. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Yeah. That, that was so yummy. Yeah, it's it was just, good. And it's pink. It was very beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I, I For me, it wasn't my favorite one, but I did think it looked really cool. Uh, they had the mariyaki manju. Uh, manju is when they take the mochi and they put other stuff with it. Basically, yeah. right? I think it has, like, has to do with the outside of it. Yeah, the outside of it has something else. Because so, we had one... Manju that had, I had a peanut one and you had a, a chocolate, chocolate chip, chip one. It's like a, it's like a bun. Yeah, it's like a bun, and then they, put, yeah, it's like it has a bun. the bean paste inside the bun. It has the bean paste inside, and then the outside has, uh, it had chocolate chips, and that was yeah. really good. The chocolate chip was good. That was good. Um, it was interesting because the chocolate chip one had, you know, many chocolate chips. The peanut one had one peanut. I, I was like, yeah, interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was interesting. It's like a decoration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, we had. The, I think this was my favorite one, the Kiku Manju, which was the pancake. Oh yeah, wrapped around the my, white mochi with a uh, whole red beans. Yeah, in the middle. That was really good. I thought that was delicious. It, uh, that was everything I needed for breakfast. That yeah, day, actually. I mean, the thing that I liked about them too is that they're not. They're like dessert, but they're not super super sweet. It's mm-hmm. it's it doesn't feel like you're. Eating a marshmallow. You're also eating beans. <laughs> You're like, this is slightly healthier. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not healthy, but yeah. you can make yourself think it's a little healthier than eating yeah. some things. Yeah. Than French toast or waffles or pancakes or any of those delicious things. Yeah. Um, we also had an emo manju, which was the one that had like the cinnamon and uh, the black sesame seeds on top. Yeah. And did she say, what did she say about sweet potato? Was there, it, was I, there a sweet potato in that? I don't or? think that one had sweet potato. Oh, no. Okay. I'm getting mixed up. 
But I th- I think there was one that had sweet potato okay. there somewhere. Okay. Um, I thought it was that one. Yeah. So, uh, look, it was not the typical place we would go for breakfast, but I thought I found it very refreshing early in the morning, and the, that pancake one was really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also a really nice little place. They're so nice there, and it's it's a tiny, tiny place. They don't even have an Instagram account. They're so tiny, yeah. right? So yeah. we'll find we'll find uh, we'll get you the info for where they are, even if they don't have an Instagram account. I mean, because they, yeah. they deserve to, it. Yeah, they're like just it's just real small business. Yeah. Like, yeah. But thank you for inviting me to go there with you. It yeah. was delicious. We went to uh, – this is what we've been doing for breakfast a lot now. We'll go pick up something and, you know, because we're not – we're still not eating inside most places. Most pla- places are not. Um, so we went uh, to like a little open park and just sat far away from each other and ate our mochis. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it was really a beautiful day too. It's very nice outside. Yeah. yeah. Gardena is a beautiful part of uh, Los Angeles. I love it there. I really have enjoyed living there. I like all the – like, you know, the Asian grocery stores, I'm cooking a lot of Asian food. Yeah. So that's good. Healthy. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about you try to do things for other people. One of those things that you've been doing is creating your own material. And then you, you know, you work with people that you want to work with, which I think is another way to kind of do that. It helps yourself and it helps other people. Um, I'm a big fan of generating your own material. Not only that, your material that you generate is, is fantastic. I Thank you. first watched your short film, Pie. Um, which is, you know, I think you can find that on YouTube probably, yeah, right? Yeah, I just made just it. Just call Pi, uh, look up Pi, Adrian Tanner, and the, it's, 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 look, it's a little dark comedy. I don't want to say too much about it, except that it's you and um, Jessica, Jessica Paré from Jessica Madden. Jessica Paré, who, who her, plays yeah. Don Draper's, or <clears throat> John Hamm's Don Draper's second wife yes. on Mad Men. So, yeah, Megan. so we got all sorts of Mad Men, all Mad Men all day, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it should be. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's a delightful little film. I loved it. Thank so, you. When I heard that you had um, uh, done a web series, I was like, okay, I'm going to check that out. And it's called Fetish. And I loved it. Uh, tell me how this came about. And uh, yeah, tell me, just tell me about it. Well, I, you know, I want to be, um, I want to be a series regular on a television show. And I just feel like if you want to do something, you just have to do it. <laughs> You're just yeah. not going to wait for it to happen. So, uh I started to think about what I want to do. I I have my, the character that you 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 would ask me like, what are you known for? Um, and like my, I think like the the parts that I tend to get are women that look normal, like you know, like the woman who lives next door, the the milf, maybe hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> or at least the mill. Um, I don't know the mill. I like to something. <laughs> Is mill a thing? <laughs> I, um, I like it. It's yeah. a thing now. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so, but then like I play, so I play these like suburban sweet looking women, but they're actually doing something crazy, like dealing porn out of their living room or whatever, you know, so, or, you know, making a pie with, with pieces of, uh, I don't want to give it away. Right. Right. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. So, uh, I, I, well, I, I won a fellowship uh, for a screenplay I wrote, and I went to the fellowship. It was kind of like screenplay camp in Idlewild. It's, it's, it was for Cinestory. And I met a woman there who'd also been a finalist. Uh, she's Her name's Kristen Tracy, and she is an a, extremely accomplished uh, accomplished young adult novelist and poet. Her her poetry book, Haphazard, was, um, won the— um, Emily Dickinson first book award, uh, which is like, you know, almost like the Nobel <clears throat> prize for literature. Um, anyway, 
I liked her. She had a really great sense of humor, and I wanted to do this with someone, so I pitched her this idea, you know, this this suburban mother who's dealing porn out of her living room to raise money for her kid's college. And we then realized, like, at this point, porn isn't dealt. You don't, like, do it. It's like you download it and stream it. <laughs> so that didn't work. You wouldn't go to somebody's house um, to do that. Uh, but Kristen had heard this story of the woman who had been abducted by a guy who just wanted her to read to him. And then he let her go free, unscathed. So that's that's how we came up with fetish. Uh, I, and yeah. the term for the guys, that particular fetish is, let me tell me if I'm pronouncing this right, okay. Liber sexus perversus. I think that's totally acceptable. We we always said it Liber sexus. Liber, okay. But I'm, I'm going to say Liber then. Liber, Liber sexus perversus. And yeah. that's, I, when I when we talk about that first, I was like, that's made up, right? You know, I I thought, Someone else has asked me that. I thought that I found that word to be true, like that that, that was what it was called. But but I, this, I, you know, I can't trust my brain anymore. So if, I might if it's not up. a real thing, if we say it enough times, it becomes, you know, yeah. like how Shakespeare would coin phrases. Yeah. Maybe you're coin, it, maybe it's already out there or maybe you're coining this phrase. Maybe you're like the new Shakespeare, but of fetishes. Yeah. You know? so. yeah. I believe my own hype. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, there's some fabulous people working on this. Your cast is great. Um, I want to talk about your composer, yes. uh, J. Peter Robinson, who, you know, I did a little after show thing for your, uh, where I interviewed a bunch of people from your, yeah, from your show. Yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I'm just talking to, I not, having not done any research on J.P. or Robson, and I was like, this is a nice guy. And then later on, I'm like, oh man, that guy was uh, uh, Phil Collins' uh, keyboard player. Yeah. And was worked with Genesis. Yes. He and, also uh, plays the keyboard on the on, on Jesus Christ Superstar. The, yeah, the, the, the album Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. I told some of my friends about that, and they were freaking out. Yeah. Um, uh, he, I think he composed Cocktail, the Tom Cruise yes, movie. Yes. Uh, he composed for Wayne's World, one of my favorite uh, SNL-based sketch. You know, Mike Myers, uh, Dana Carvey, legendary movie in my mind. So how how, how do you know him? So um, I own a few restaurants. <laughs> I just sort of fell my way into that. I was a waitress and then ended up uh, marrying uh, a man who had been my boss. Uh, we are getting divorced. But uh, so I built these four restaurants with with my husband and I, we had all of these incredible customers and Peter and his wife Denise who's a an extremely accomplished production designer and art director um they would come and uh I'm you know made friends with them didn't know I I knew that Peter I knew that Peter had been a rock star but I didn't know that he had then transitioned into a, being a prolific film composer. I didn't know that. So when I made my first film, I had asked Denise for a little help uh, with the art direction of that. It, it, it was a film that I needed raspberry, a raspberry patch. Um, so that was really difficult. But anyway, when I was done with it, Peter said to me, well, I hope that you're going to ask me to do the score. And I thought, well, I don't, well okay. So he has just worked with me on every project. He's just a big fan, and I'm a big fan. We're just 
mutually in, in love with each other's work. So that's great. Well, it's awesome. It's a fabulous series. Uh, Denise uh, was nominated for an Emmy for American Horror Story, I believe. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're talking about some big hitters and people have worked on great projects. So the fact that you're able to get them to work on your project. is a big compliment. It's a big, yeah, it's a compliment to you. It's a, it's a tribute to you. It's It also means that you've gotta, you're putting out good products and people believe in you. So that's great, man. Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's all about having your, your network of people that you want to work with together and you all trust each other. That's what I think. I believe yeah. that truly. Yeah. So congrats on Fetish. Um, where should people watch that if they want to watch it right now? Um, oh, I always forget the um, – some of it's fetish. So you can watch it on Instagram. You can watch it on YouTube. And the best way to find everything is on the website, which is fetishseries.com. So you can then pick your poison, find your link to whatever you want there and watch yeah. it. Yeah. I, look, what I love about this is it's a unique story. And I, I like a good network comedy. This is not a network comedy. No. It's way uh, way weirder than that. And I love it. Yes. I, you know. Yes. Uh, and I mean, say weird in a, in a good way. Yeah. It's uh, about a woman who gets abducted by an S&M dog mask fetishist who wants her to read to him from Uncle Tom's cabin wearing a fur bikini. Hmm. So that's what it's about. Like, well, who doesn't want to watch that? <laughs> now that you say that, it doesn't sound that weird. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> no <it's, laughs> well, let me see if I can put a weirder spin on it. No, no, it's it, it, it's weird. Like that's uh, look, that's a great that's a great uh, synopsis of it. And you guys should all watch it. I, I loved it. I think you're gonna love it too. Uh, and congrats on that. Thank you. Uh, hope, I'm hoping there's a season two of Fetish. Yeah, me too. Like a season two of life, actually. <laughs> I want to say this too. I I I think it's commendable and smart. Uh, and I tried to do a similar thing when I did my web series, which is I think your perspective was you want to become a series regular. Just make yourself a series regular. And because my perspective was they only see me as certain types of parts. So I'm going to put myself in parts that they haven't seen me in. So making them see you in these parts, because in many ways in Hollywood, what happens is if it's not on your reel, they don't think you can do it. Right. If you haven't already done it. So either someone has to take a big chance on you. Or believe in you, or you have to do it yourself. Exactly. And so why not do it yourself? Take the bull by the horns, and that's what we're trying to do. And I commend you for that. And and it it's a great product. So thank you. This has been so delightful. I've thank had so much you. fun. Before we get out of here, uh, I have got to get three recommendations from eight okay. through tenor. Okay. Here we go. What is your guilty pleasure show or movie that you're watching? You know what? I am addicted to TikTok. Really? Oh my god. It's like crack. I can like hours will go by and I just am watching it. I I, I guess I guess it, maybe it's not so bad. I'm going to justify it. But it's like all these people creating their own content to me is really inspiring and um I've used TikTok to sort of promote fetish to and make some companion. Yeah. Yeah, so. What I like about TikTok is some of the stuff's real annoying on there. Well, Go on to the next thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's Swipe so up. many things on there. Swipe up, find something else, and yeah. there's probably something that you like. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's short format. So if you're like, just have a couple of minutes, like, let me just scroll through here. Okay. And it's kind of fun to make TikTok videos. I Look, some of them I can't make because I can't dance at all. <laughs> uh, so you'll never see me doing one of those, dan- you know, dancing to the song uh, TikToks, but... Good for those people that can do that. But I mean, like, the other thing is that it's funny when the people are dancing and they don't know what they're doing. Um, I also love that, too. Uh I wrote down a couple my, of that would be me, but my ego can't take it, Adria. I can't. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. But that's what's funny about it. I mean, um, I wrote down a couple. Like, so Emily Sen and Linda Dong are two content creators on TikTok that I love, and I wanted to shout out to them. They're 
hilarious. Okay, so I want to recommend something to you. A, okay, a, a good. person that you might really like on Instagram. Yes. Um, she's on a show called Los Espookies, if you've okay. ever seen that. It's a Fred Armisen show. Oh, yeah. And it's uh, it's like mostly done in Spanish. Uh-huh. And it's it's ridiculous and it's silly. I think you would love that show. Okay. But there's there's a, an actor on there, and I don't know how to say her last name. It's it's Greta either Titleman or Tittleman. Okay. Uh, she has an Instagram that is uh, Gertie Birdie. Okay. And her characters on there are so ridiculous and funny. I found um, her. She's so great. So you should check her out. Okay. Uh, and I, I think you'll really enjoy that. Okay. All right. So what is your hidden gem show or movie that you love that people may not know? Um, You know what? I, I couldn't think of anything that like I would shed light on for people. But my friend, Annika Marks, mm-hmm. it just made a movie called Killing Eleanor. And it just won um, the Savannah Film Festival for Best Narrative. And it's beautiful, and it's going to come out soon, I I think. And I just think it's amazing. And I'm inspired by the fact that she wrote it. Her husband directed it. She stars in it. And a bunch of, you know, amazing people are in the movie, too. So. Very cool. Adrian Tanner, what is your spirit animal show or movie? Fleabag. I love Phoebe Waller-Ridge and the way she came to that material. She, she you know, wrote a one-woman show, which I watched. They, they made that available um, on Amazon Prime. Uh, the, the proceeds for that went to the out-of-work theater workers um, in, in London um, for, due to the coronavirus. Um, because that's—I just—I've I just, done a couple one-woman shows, and I'm writing another one-woman show right now. Um, so I just really—it speaks to me. Fleabag's a great show, yeah. and uh, I can see the comedic sensibility really appealing to you as I've seen some of your stuff. You know, yeah. so very cool. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I feel like I am as great and weird and dark as Phoebe Waller Bridge, but just the way she's taken her theater piece and put it into yeah. the series format. So. Well, gosh, I don't know. I mean, if you were as great as her, you wouldn't say it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> maybe you are. Way. You can't say that. I could say it. You know, uh, <laughs> I'd have to <laughs> look. You guys are different. You're both great, but I do think there's a similar sensibility about your your comedies. You know, okay. they're they're definitely not mainstream. So, and I definitely mean that as a compliment. Yes, um, I take it. So, as that. Uh, awesome. Thank you for those recommendations. Thank you. Guys, if you would like to get more breakfast stuff, such as pics of Adria Tanner and I enjoying our breakfast from Sakuraya Mochi, go to the brand new breakfast website, brentpope.com. You can get all the breakfast episodes there. You can see clips from all my TV appearances. And finally, you demanded it, a breakfast store with a bunch of fun stuff. Shirts, mugs, stickers, masks, perfect for holiday gifts. It's right around the corner. People of Earth, I bring you this show for free, but it's not free to make the show. So please help us keep this thing going by picking up something from the breakfast store. You'll be so glad you did. On social media, you can hit me up on Instagram at ScoopsPope. Give me a follow, and if you have a breakfast question, please ask away. And make sure you also follow my Facebook actor page for all the breakfast picks. And if you like the show, please subscribe, leave us a review, share it with friends. Breakfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in over 30 countries now on six continents. And trust me, my bacon brigade, we are just getting started. Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rosemary Brown, for all the breakfast slicing and dicing. Much appreciation. Big ups also to my studio engineer, Daniel Erickson, for making me sound so good. Adrian Tenner, what is going on with you right now? What's next? And where can we find you on social media? 
Um, so I, so I'm, I'm still pushing a uh, fetish. Uh, I want people to watch that. Absolutely. And um, I have, uh, I, I shot a movie last summer um, with Danny Aiello. So it's uh, sadly his last film. Oh, wow. um, but I feel so honored that I got to work with him. Uh, he was amazing. Great actor. You oh, know, he such, is such amazing stuff, and you know. Such wow. a good actor. He yeah. was lovely too. So kind, so generous. Uh, the like one of the best scene partners ever, besides Martin Donovan, of course. Um, yeah. So that's just been completed, and we're waiting to see how that will be, be dispersed to the to the world. Yeah. Um, that's called One Moment. Um, and then I'm working on a a solo show uh, that's about dissolving. A marriage with the help of a 12-foot pole, stripper pole. Oh, interesting. Very cool. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. That sounds like a, that sounds like a show you would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming in, man. This is a pleasure. It's always good to talk to you yeah, and, uh, great to talk and to see you. what's going on. And with that, we put another Liber Sexist Perversus worthy episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See ya. See ya.